welcome to the JGUA Financial Commentary Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Barron, but let me begin with a short disclaimer. The contents of this podcast are strictly for informational purposes only, and nothing said shall be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. Any strategies discussed may not be suitable for the listener specifically, and JGUA encourages consulting with your advisor before implementing any strategies to ensure they meet your individual objectives. In this episode, I am joined by Associate Advisor Shirley Nelson to discuss college planning and 529 plans. Welcome to the podcast, Shirley. Can you share with us some of your background? Hi, everyone. I'm Shirley Nelson. I'm a licensed patent attorney. I'm a financial planner working with Andrew at JGUA. I'm also a mother to a three-year-old daughter. Thanks for having me here. Those are some pretty big highlights. <laughs> so getting into it, I did want to talk about the future of college and graduate school. And even though there has been some changes in attendance and tuition during the COVID era, we do know in the future that some professions will always require a formal academic education. Things like doctors, lawyers, professors, architects, engineers. And surely you are quite educated yourself. You are a lawyer. You recently yeah. passed the CFP exam and you are mm -hmm. a level two CFA candidate. Can you talk to our listeners about going to college for your daughter in the future and why that's important to you? My daughter is three. And if you're looking into average kids, when they go to college, they're about 17 or 18 years old. So we really have about 14 years left to save for that special uh, moment. College is expensive and then you wanted to start planning early. So in my family, my, my husband actually, he's the most educated of us all, has a PhD in optic science, and I myself benefited from a Jewish doctor degree. It's a three-year law program. So then subsequently, I can take and pass the bar. All this requires education. And so we do have this high expectation for our daughter. Fair to say that this day and age, if you wanted to get a higher paying job at some of the tech company like a Google, Facebook, oftentimes they require specific knowledge in a very tech way. My daughter loves to take care of people. So my mom is a doctor. Through hanging out with my mom, I think my daughter has gained this desire to be a doctor one day. She would be asking us, oh, are you okay? Have you bumped your knee? Do you hurt? And she's really sweet. And then she will be taking temperature of her toys and and things like that. So I think there's a chance that she may want to be a doctor one day. And then she does have intellectual capacity to be the doctor in this profession. And so that comes to the question is like, how much is it going to cost us as parents if we wanted to support her in this pursuit? First, there's the four-year college. And then there's the medical degree, the MD program. And so we're looking at like, seven, eight years of education post-secondary, and you need money to pay for. <laughs> Except for the a rare yes. few that are lucky enough to have a generous scholarship that pays for all. And parents oftentimes have to help out. Otherwise, the kids will be drowned in uh, student loans, and you also don't want to see that happen. I have in front of me a report from U.S. Census Bureau. As of 2018, we see 13.1% of U.S. adults have an advanced degree, like a doctor degree, a law degree, or um, 
you know, other kind of master, right, right, MBAs, or, or all this included, advanced degree, you see 13.1% of U.S. adults that have such. And that's like a 5% increase compared to the year 2000. So in 18 years, we already see a 5% increase in these advanced degree. So more and more people are going to pursue a higher degree, and that will make the competition more years ahead of the next generation. In my household, we support this pursuit by opening a 529 account through New York Direct Sold Plan. And then we've been doing monthly contribution into this plan. It's a very automated process that I link my bank account to this plan. And then this plan is going to monthly take money out of my bank account to do the dollar cost averaging on some of the fund investment. And they're pretty much hands-free. So when we think of prestigious universities, Columbia University of the Ivy League obviously comes to mind for the 2020-2021 uh, academic year, the most expensive university in the country. At, I know. Uh, a, a tuition is over $64,000. Oh, my which, gosh. <laughs> the data I could get, I could go back to 2010, 2011 calendar, so 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only $45,000. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There goes the only. You see those big sticker prices for Columbia, but I did want to at least talk about uh, has a major endowment, which is well over $11 billion, which allows them to provide over half their students with a financial aid package. And while there is a portion of the financial aid package that will come from student loans, 84% Mm -hmm. of that is grant and scholarship based from the university itself which obviously helps quite a bit. So you see those high numbers, but not everyone's going to pay the full sticker price, obviously. You mentioned 529 plans, surely. Uh, Can you talk to us a little bit about the different types of those? Basically, every state will have some form of a 529 plan. I'm a resident of New York. New York State direct paid 529 plan for my daughter. I've had this account for three years. And then I just do what I can. You know, I contribute every month and I'll deposit into this account. The most common type 529 plan is college saving plan. So this is the basic kind of 529 where it doesn't limit where your kids will go. And then it's affected by the investment options to the performance of this plan. So it works just like a Roth IRA account. So you invest your money after tax. And then the money grows tax deferred. So over the years, while it's growing in there, you don't need to pay any tax on the growth until the time you take it out. And so when you take it out, if it's a qualified distribution, you don't have to pay tax or penalty on this withdrawal. However, if it's non-qualified, it's possible it will be subject to penalty, to income tax, for both the federal and the state, and potentially even recapture of any of the tax benefit you received when you do the contribution. So that's the first type of 529. And there's another type that's called the prepaid tuition plans. So within the prepaid tuition plans, you have two types. One is actually sponsored by your state, and then it covers the cost of in-state public college education. So you're basically prepaying for the future expense per today's dollar value. So when you do so, it will be guaranteed that by the time your kids go to school, and then the tuition fee of that in-state public college will be paid for. 
So there will be a take away the risk of underlying performance or the market downturn just a year right before your kids go to college. So that take the risk away, but that also kind of limit where your kids will go for college. What if he decides to go to some private college for profit out of state? And that's, you know, that's a consideration when you are choosing these prepaid tuition plans. The other one is a private college 529. These are separate prepaid plan for each private college. So sponsored by those college. And so if your kids, they have their dream university already picked at a young age, then you can look into that specific college 529 plan and plan accordingly. For most of the college saving plans, it can be managed in two ways. So one is direct sold and the other one is advisor sold. So as the name suggests, if you go with the advisor sold, you are buying these plans through advisor. So there is a fee charged on top of the underlying management. So usually the advisor sold plan will be more expensive than the direct sold plan. But sometimes, uh, you know, like the, the performance can be different. So that's another thing to take into account, even though advisor sold fund can be more expensive, but if it does provi- uh, provide a better performance than it, or if that's the only plan that your state offers, and then you may not have an option, but to choose these advisor sold plans. I did want to talk about how do you evaluate the best 529 plan for you? Lots of times people only look at their state, but you were mentioning fees and performance. Could you right. talk to us a little about how does someone make those kinds of evaluations? Right, sure. So uh, many states offer these tax benefit when you do your contribution into the plan. For example, I live in the state of New York. My plan is an in-state plan. So I, I bought it through a New York's direct sold 529. And so for every dollar I contribute into this plan up to a $10,000 limit for uh, a tax year for this year, I will have a tax deduction for these amount I contributed in. However, this tax benefit will be recaptured if 18 years down the road, I decide to withdraw the money to pay off my mortgage instead of pay for my kid's education for whatever reason. And then when it's not a qualified expense, I'm potentially subject to these uh, a tax benefit recapture. So for, for some of those audience out there in other states, you know, they may not have a state tax benefit. If that's the case, then they are actually free to choose from a plan that's offered by any other state. They are not really limited because there's really no incentive for them to choose their in-state plan if there's no tax benefit associated with the contribution. If that's the case, they should look into the underlying management, the available funds that's within these plans that they are going to choose from, what's their return, and then uh, what's their management fee. If there are additional fees based on how much they have to contribute, if there is a limit, sometimes they have a cutoff that you have to contribute a certain amount per year, otherwise you'll be subject to this fee or that fee. You know, those are all features to look into. And then also, uh, some states conform to the federal definition of qualified distribution. So what the federal considered as a qualified will be um, college expense and then $10,000 per year of education for um, you know, elementary and secondary. But many states, such as New York, 
does not conform to the federal definition. So for New York, they only recognize the college expense as qualified. So if I were to use this money five years down the road for my kids' private elementary school tuition, it will not be considered as a qualified expense. I will have to pay for tax on the earning portion, and I also need to be subject to recapture of all those tax benefit I received to this day on those contributions for those amounts. So 529 plans are tax savings accounts specifically for higher education, although there are those private school carve-outs depending on each state's plan. I also wanted to mention on the prepaid tuition for in-state universities, if you were or maybe your child decided to attend an out-of-state university, there is a risk that people need to consider that oftentimes they may only get their principal refunded and they may even owe a penalty. So that is something to consider before just deciding that's the surefire method. Right, right. The the other thing I also want to talk about in 529 plans is similar to what you see in retirement plans are target date funds, but instead of trying to match retirement, these funds are trying to match uh, college. Yeah, you, you see there's a lot of investment options in many of these 529 plans. The, the common ones you see is target date, so you choose based on the age of your kid. They assume that your kid will go to college when he or she turns 18. And so that will be the target date. And then they're going to automatically adjust how much percentage goes to bond, versus how much goes to equity as the kids approach at 18 years old. And then you will see a higher percentage goes to a bond fund within these 529 target date plans. Whereas the other type, you probably have to manually adjust. You're just choosing some equity as an investment option within your direct 529 plan. And then you have to manually adjust per the risk preference and then per the age of the kid, how much risk you'd like to take. And if you have concerns about this, always feel free to reach out to us. Just that's our job. Andrew and I help people with their investment. And then 529 is one thing that will help our clients to look into. For our listeners, there is some difference between grandparents and parent-owned 529 plans. What are the benefits of each owning that? How can that be a strategy for some of our listeners? The advantage of the grandparents open or be the owner of a 529 plan or naming the grandkid as the beneficiary. When the kids goes to college and fill out the federal financial aid form, what we also call as FAFSA. So those assets will not be counted on that FAFSA form. And unless it is withdrawn, if it was withdrawn too early and given how the FAFSA look back two years, that could hurt the kid's eligibility to qualify for the financial aid. The advantage would be having a grandparents open a 529 account and hold off in withdrawing any money from it until the kids is in their third or fourth year of college. So when they do the two-year look back, when they look at their first and second year of school, they didn't have this income. The income comes later. So another thing about qualified distribution for federal is up to $10,000 per beneficiary can be used for student loan payback. So there's also that choice available if you manage to take a student loan of less than $10,000 and you pay it off with this 529 amount after the student graduate 
or uh, while they're doing the last two years of college, uh, that will not hurt their FAFSA application also. The other day you were telling me this example of this special cutoff date for a sophomore year. Yes, so due to the two-year look-back window of FAFSA, starting the January 1st of the sophomore year, you could use the grandparents' distributions in a grandparent-owned 529 plan. The distributions from that 529 plan wouldn't count negatively against the student. If it was the years previous, it would. It would count as unearned income. So it is careful to plan for kind of funding the first years of college versus the second years. If you have the ability, if you if it's a shared family goal to get a child through college, you can split the responsibility and remain eligible for as much financial aid as possible. I also wanted to mention that if you had, let's say, too much in a 529 plan after a student graduates a four-year university, maybe they decide they don't need graduate school, you can rename the beneficiary as long as it stays within the family. So that is consideration I did want to make. Right. And and for some states may not allow you to change the name, that you can open a separate account for uh, a different beneficiary within the family and just row it. Many states allow you to row it for however many times within the in-state plans. You have two kids and the first kid is really lucky, got a scholarship, and then now you want to row all that amount to the second kid's 529, and then some states will allow you to do that and no additional charge. You want to be careful if you're changing from state to state, though, because some states are going to pull back the tax deduction they provided. They might claw that back. So Right. Be careful about that. Right. I mean, that's a great point. So when we see some of our clients move to a separate state, let's say they originally live in North Carolina, now they move to New York, and then instead of roll that amount out of their original 529 into a new 529, you might, might as well just open another one in, in the next state that you move to. You can have however many 529 accounts open the same owner, the same beneficiary, it doesn't matter. Like you can open multiple accounts with different owners or um, same beneficiary or same owner, different beneficiaries. It doesn't matter. It's not like exclusive. You can have multiple 529 accounts. Just keep track of them so you know what you're investing. A similar related topic is the 529 ABLE account that I also wanted to discuss since its name is so similar to the 529 plans. But it does work a little bit differently and kind of has a different intention. What are the difference between the 529 and the 529 ABLES? For the ABLE account, it's very specific about who can open it. A 529, anyone can open it, whereas 529 ABLE, it is created to allow individuals with disabilities and their families a tax advantage way to save money for disability-related expense as well as college expense. So even though it's 529A, but it's more related to this disability than specific created for education. It's more like owner specific than an account specific, if that makes sense. So the 529 plan has a goal to fund education, while the 529 ABLE is really more of an asset shield. So the beneficiary if they're disabled, can shield up to $100,000 and still receive those Social Security disability benefits. Right. 
The other key thing to remember for 529 ABLES is the beneficiary does need to be diagnosed before age 26. So it needs to come early in life, similar to thought process to the 529, where it's a preparation for the beneficiary in their future, whether or not they're disabled or whether or not they can go on to higher education. There, there are two main education tax credits. There's the American Opportunity Tax Credit and the Lifetime Learning Credit. The main differences are the American Opportunity Credit is really for the first four years a student attends post-secondary education. So it's a federal tax credit, and the maximum amount it's worth is $2,500 total. But it's pretty generous because it's the first $2,000, 100%. And then on the next $2,000, it's 25%. Right. And then... Um- this for, for the lifetime learner credit, there is an income cutoff. So for single filers, that's $59,000 as of this year. And then for married filing jointly, you double that amount. You have $118,000. So if you make more than this amount, then you will likely unable to take such a lifetime learner credit. There are income restrictions on both of these credits. So if you right. you are in the skew in the higher income, these might not be available to you. But it is something that maybe your child will qualify for. Something to consider. Maybe your child does their own tax turn instead of being claimed, depending on what makes the most sense. Right, yeah. If you have a kid that's emancipated or if the kids got married or um, they no longer claim as a dependent on your tax return, and they may be able to be eligible for for these kind of credits on their own merits. Well, if we're going to talk about the tax credits, did you want to talk about direct to institution payments? So this is not done ahead of time. This is when your kids is already admitted to a school and then you just gifting the money instead of to the student. You give the money to the student's school in paying for the student's tuition. And this way, it doesn't count towards your annual gift exclusion or your uh, lifetime gift exclusion. It also means that you don't just give a child who's 18, $15,000 uh, right, you, you don't know where control, the money goes to. You can control where the money goes. <laughs> and that can, similar to pay your kids tuition directly to school instead of hand them the check or hand them the cash. <laughs> exactly. Surely, I know we went through a lot of information. Did you have any closing thoughts? I know. Thank you for having me here. I mean, it, this has been a, a great opportunity that I get to speak to your audience on 529 and then uh, saving for college. Thank you so much for being part of this, Shirley. Thank you for having me, Andrew. (laughs) For our listeners, if you have any questions and how they pertain to your specific situation, please don't hesitate to email info at jgua.com or visit our website for additional content. Until next time, stay smart.